0: The Eternity Podcast Network. Eternitypodcasts.com.au. Hello, I'm Jenny Salt, and welcome to Salt, a place where we'll enter into the lives of people and discover heartwarming, sometimes challenging, yet always distinctive gospel stories.
1: last memories was him reading the Bible every day for hours and hours, and he had a big magnifying glass, and he would be reading commentaries, and he would say, oh, this is what it means.
0: My guest today grew up in a country that boasts the highest mountains in the world, Nepal, a small country that has 29.3 million people. But only 1% are Christians. Neeraj is the grandson of one of the very first Nepali Christians, and his family story is a story of God's grace in the midst of hardship. A grace that has resulted in the gospel going to Nepal. <music> Welcome Neeraj. Mm, Lovely you. to have you here today. Yeah,
1: thank you, Jenny. Yeah.
0: The predominant religions in Nepal are Buddhism and Hinduism. Mm. What does a typical religious life look like for Mm. these people? Mm.
1: I think it depends on person to person and and family to family and and their background. So my observations outside uh, what's happening around in my friend's life um, is like um, if they're Brahmins, they have certain things that they have to do uh, there are certain rituals every morning uh, so if or if some death happens in the family they have to go through certain kinds of rituals every year year around October or October, or October um, uh, we, there's a big festival uh, where they sacrifice an animal uh, for sins and uh, so um, that's a family time too, get together time so families get together no matter how far they are they go to their parents home and celebrate this um, sacrifice and it's a family get together uh, so it's uh, worshiping idols um, putting praying to gods in form of idols um, sacrificing animals um, keeping yourself clean uh, so clean and unclean is very much practiced uh, um, so The smallest things that you do can make you unclean and and you have to go uh, make yourself clean again. Uh, So religion is ingrained in the cultural life and the family life. So I think religion, uh, culture, and family life cannot be separated. It's it's, it's one entity. So to become a Christian is almost like you're uh, uh, denying your identity as a Nepali person. or or the family that you belong to, because after becoming a Christian, you stop doing all the religious things. So when you stop doing the religious things, uh, the population, your family thinks that you are uh, a Christian person is Mm. rejecting the family. Mm. Uh, So uh, I think Christians have to be very careful. It's like they're not rejecting the family, Mm. but they are rejecting uh, certain Uh, uh, things that are not true with the bible Mm. that is not true with who god is Uh, so i think uh, that is but it is so difficult to separate that Uh, so christians have very very difficult time when they become Mm. a christian Mm. uh, because they get ostracized from their family members Mm. and i think it's just misunderstanding between the christian the new christian and between the family who are not Christians. Mm-hmm. The new Christian thinks, oh, I've been doing all this wrong. Oh, there's a true God. I'm going to follow him and do whatever he says. He, I'm going to do this. This is true. Wow, God himself died for me and sacrificed himself. I don't have to sacrifice animals. So he's very excited about the truth that he has mm-hmm. found. Uh, so he acts upon his new beliefs. Uh, and the family are still... Uh, in their own beliefs. So I think there are lots of misunderstanding between these two entities. So there there can be a lot of problems.
0: But you grew up in a Christian home. Mm. And not only that, but your grandparents on both sides were some of the very first Nepali Christians. How did that happen? How did your grandparents first hear about Jesus? Mm. So
1: they heard about Jesus before the Second World War. Um, both of them, my mother's parents, my mother's father and my father's father, my my two sets of grandparents, my grandfathers came out of Nepal and they heard the gospel in in, in India. At the time, foreigners were not allowed inside Nepal, so we didn't have any gospel message inside Nepal. Um, But When my grandfathers were coming out of Nepal, both of them had lots of suffering in their lives, and which led them to run away from Nepal and go to India. And in in India, amazingly, there were two young uh, missionaries from the UK who were missionaries in India at the time, um, but they saw the Himalayas up north and they wanted to go there, but they couldn't. So they had started a small clinic outside Nepal at the border of India and Nepal. Uh, And so they were ministering to Nepali people who were coming out of Nepal for work into India. So my grandparents got to meet them um, and then they heard the gospel there.
0: Your grandparents back Mm. then didn't Mm. know each other. No, no. So one of your grandparents, so your mum's dad, how did he come to hear the gospel?
1: So, when he came out of Nepal, the reason he came out of Nepal was he was a young boy, probably in his teens, early teens. Uh, he had heard um, uh, the British were hiring Nepali people to fight for them as Gorkha soldiers. So, he wanted to be a Gorkha soldier.
0: They're the famous soldiers that the British army take on Gorgas. Yeah, yeah. Yes. still still, still did, today. Yeah,
1: today. So he wanted to join them, um, so he ran away, and he was also really abused by his stepmom at home, so he really wanted to get away from home too. So he ran away, went to India, and he couldn't be recruited because he was too young, and one day he was really poor, didn't have food to eat, and he saw something gold on the ground, and... He wanted to test whether it was gold or not, and he put it in the fire and just blasted it in his hand, and he lost his fingers. What uh, was it? It was a bullet, uh, some kind of bullet. Uh, uh, so it just burst in his hands, and his friend said, oh, uh, let's go to that uh, hospital where they will treat us for free, but my grandfather just didn't want to go there because he thought uh, all white people were cannibals and they would eat him alive. Uh, Is so, this
0: something that was uh, believed? Yeah, I guess uh, so. Back <laughs> in his village, he thought
1: that white people w- would be cannibals. or So... So he didn't want to go there but his friend dragged him there and I, I guess when my grandfather told me this uh, it was a Sunday service because he doesn't remember what day it was but he remembers them worshiping uh, and singing and and spending time in prayer but they stopped the missionaries stopped everything at the time and treated him for hours and 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 operated on him and while he was at that clinic um, a Nepali, uh, pastor from from Darjeeling area. Uh, that's that's in India, north north east India. Uh, there are Nepali speaking people there. Yeah. Um, so he would come. Uh, in the hospital, and share the gospel message to my my grandfather and other other Nepali patients who were there. And I asked, "How did you hear, or why did you believe Jesus Christ?" And, uh, to my grandfather, and he said, uh, "The the Nepali pastor would bring a flannel graph and stick pictures,
0: <laughs> like a Sunday school. Yes, Sunday school class. Yes. And then
1: and he, and he didn't start with Jesus. He started with with in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's how my because and when I think back now as an adult, and what my grandfather went. Through, I think it's like it would be really hard to fit Jesus in his uh, worldview. So mm. I think the pastor, the Nepali pastor, was doing a really good job. It was mm. like starting from from the beginning, mm. who God is mm. and who the God of the Bible is. Yes. So when finally when Jesus came along in the scene, and my grandfather could understand why Jesus had to die and why he had to come mm. and why he had to rise from the dead, um, so he became a believer there at the hospital.
0: Did your grandfather say how long it took to go from, in the beginning, phonograph to Jesus? I think
1: uh, for a year or so, I'm guessing, because he got well there. And I remember my grandfather telling me that because he was so ingrained in the caste system, uh, he would not eat what the missionaries were cooking or what the Christians were cooking because it was unclean. Uh, so and amazingly, the commissioners also the two ladies, also allowed him to cook his own food in the hospital, mm. Mm. so that was, I think very good. rather than forcing him to eat whatever they had, mm. they would let him cook there too. So I think his change was very gradual. It was mm. not a dramatic mm. change, what I gather from his stories yeah
0: So that's your grandfather on your mum's side. Mm. What about your grandfather on your dad's side? Because mm. he also had an experience with these Christians on the border of yeah. India and Nepal. yeah.
1: Every summertime, when it was really hot uh, in the southern Nepali border, uh, they would go up northeast part of India, and uh, that's Darjeeling and Assam regions, uh, and stay there for a few months, four or five months, and come down again in the winter time. Uh, so while when they were around Assam, Darjeeling, that area, my father's father, my grandfather, he was from Pokra uh, in the middle of the country. He is from a Brahmin Caste. And so, Brahman that's is the top. The top, right. highest caste. Uh, so, he was a Brahman man, um, but when he probably he must have gotten married very young and, and his wife and he had kids, uh, and they would die. Some kind of disease would come along and die. He married again, same thing happened. He married again, same thing happened. So, three, three times, marriages. three marriages just destroyed by diseases. And he thought that the gods must have been very, very angry at him. His mm-hmm. sins. Uh, now or past must have done something uh, uh, to his life so he was on his way to Varanasi for a pilgrimage uh, so that his sins would be wiped away at the time you have to remember there were no roads in Nepal um yeah uh, we didn't have hospitals outside Kathmandu valley and the cars were there in Kathmandu valley but outside Nepal there were nothing so he had to walk from Pokhara to India and is on his way out he met my grandmother who was also a brahmin uh, a widow she must have been married very young that she doesn't remember when her husband died so he was at this house at a brahmin's house on his way out in the morning he just said you want to go with me i'm going to india and so picked her up and went, went along to India. And Indi- off they went. And, off
0: and they got married.
1: Yeah, they got married. They were in India. Uh, and so my mother's father, uh, uh, my grandfather, other grandfather, mm. and the missionaries and the Nepali pastor, when they heard that there was a Nepali guy uh, there from western part of Nepal in the middle of the country, uh, they went out and made friends with him and would invite him for dinner over Saturday night. And he would stay over for Sunday service. Um, the Brahmin uh, grandfather, and he would hear what was being spoken. And finally, when he realized he does not have to do anything for his sin, because he was on his way to Varanasi to, to wipe away his sins, when he heard that he does not have to do anything, but God himself actually did something, he came down from heaven to earth and was sacrificed and died and shed his blood for his sins and rose from the dead. And the sacrifice was good. He said, this is the God that I've been looking for all my life. He, he washes all my sins away, my past sins, every sin. So I got to believe this. What can I do? And my people have to hear about this really, really good, good news. That God Himself came down from heaven to wipe away our sins, Amazing. so and He became a believer there, and He was baptized, and my, both my grandfather and my grandmother got baptized together. Yeah.
0: And what year was that, or what, what were the years? So, so
1: that's before uh, Second World War. So it'll be late thirties, right before Second World War, late thirties, yeah.
0: And was the border still shut? Yeah. So that yeah. and so what did they do as Christians as part of this group? So uh, did they stay on the border? Yeah
1: they stayed on the border with the missionaries and they formed so uh, Nepal evangelistic band N-E-B, Uh a band of Nepali Christians and young converts and the missionaries together they formed one group and they started praying and singing songs, writing songs. Uh, and and sharing this great news to everybody that they can. And what they prayed was, and wrote songs, and we still uh, sing these songs, is that God would open the doors of Nepal, and that they would be able to go inside and and share this good news to everybody. By the time when the missionaries, the two young missionaries, started uh, their uh, small ministry there, and by the time the border opened in 1951, it was 16 years of just waiting, praying, waiting, praying, yeah.
0: As we take a short break, I'd just like to say how thankful we are for all the people who pray for and support the work and ministry of Sydney Missionary and Bible College. If you'd like some short Sydney Missionary and Bible College specific daily prayer points, which are posted up each month, Head to the resources section of our website, smbc.edu.au. We'd greatly appreciate your prayer partnership. Now back to Niraj. Now, for those of us who haven't been to Nepal, mm. um, can you paint a picture of what your town looked mm. like and Um, and what Nepal looks like. Mm.
1: So Nepal uh, is right between India and China. Mm. And we have eight of the world's ten highest mountains in the world, uh, including Mount Everest is there. So uh, the the mountains go from east to west. And then Nepal is like a rectangle going from east to west too. Uh, So the northern part of Nepal is all mountains and mountains are not like blue mountains at all. (laughs) No, the, the mountains are covered And snow all year round it's like very high high mountains and it goes down 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 uh, in altitude uh, and there are valleys where people live Um, so some people live right at the base of these big mountains and most of the people live in the valleys and the flat plains so the flat plains touch indian and the indian plains so we have plains valleys, hills, and and mountains. And my town is right in a valley in the middle. So we see Annapurna, the world's 10th highest mountain, 8,000 something meters high. Uh, it's like 20 kilometers away from us uh, as crow flies. Uh, So, uh, yeah, um, it's a beautiful valley with beautiful lakes. There are many lakes in the valley, and it's a very touristy town. So as I was growing up, more and more tourists started to come. So now the main industry in our valley is tourism, Uh uh, both Nepali tourism, Indian, Chinese, and around the world. Uh
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you growing up, you Mm. grew up benefiting from the gospel coming Mm. To your country, mm. um, what are your earliest memories of your grandparents and the, their experiences of the gospel? What do you remember, and what are the, some of the, the scenes that come to mind when you think about your childhood in Pokra?
1: Yeah, so Pokra, my childhood memories would be uh, meeting my grandfather. So my My father's father was already dead and my grandmother was alive. But from my mother's side, both sets of uh, grandparents were alive till 2015. Uh, He died when he was 91. Uh, So uh, we would go over and he would tell us stories, uh, just stories after stories. He was a very good storyteller. And later, as an adult, I found out all his stories were from the Bible, actually, oh, yeah. and, and he was telling their stories in first person as if he saw it too. He was <laughs> there, so I realized, oh, they're all from like you know, like Samson's story and David and Goliath oh, really? and all <laughs> that is like as if he was there, you know, okay, like as he was yeah, yeah. himself. So I grew up just listening to Bible stories, um, yes. but but it was as if it was happening to his in his life, you know, like like. So that was my memory. Uh, also, my memory would be singing songs a lot, uh, like we sang a lot. Um, growing up in my home, uh, we would always uh, uh, wake up in the morning with my parents and, and, and sing songs and, and read the Bible and pray at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning um, before doing anything. Uh, At night, we would always hear stories from the Bible or something uh, we would hear and go to bed and pray and go to bed. So that's how we grew up, Very rich life in the Bible. Yes. yes. Mm.
0: What are the last memories of your grandfather? Mm.
1: My last memories uh, was him reading the Bible every day for hours and hours. And he had a big magnifying glass because he could not see the text. And he would be reading commentaries that were translated in Nepali and he would say, oh, this is what it means. So and he would tell his wife, my grandmother, all day what he read in the Bible. That was my memory. And one of the memories was like one day I was with some friends from the States who had come to visit Nepal. And we were driving along and it was Saturday afternoon. And we, uh, from the car, we saw my grandfather walking down home, and he was in his late 80s. Um, this was 13, 2013. And he was walking home, and I told my friends, uh, that's my grandfather. And they said, he's the guy who started the church in Nepal? Yeah. And they were really, really amazed because they were saying that if in the States, somebody who started the first church, there would be... Re- Riding in the nicest car, probably. Somebody will be giving them a ride home. But he was there just walking and taking an hour. Probably it will take us 20 minutes to walk from church to his home. But it was taking an hour, an hour and a half. But every stop, he would stop and then share the gospel to everybody that he was with, around with, and then keep on going. And that's, that's how he spent his last days. That's beautiful.
0: So you grew up in a Christian home. You became a Christian. And you actually, from a fairly young age, got involved in Christian ministry. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tell us about what you were doing.
1: So for eight years, I was um, uh, working in the church and working in a mission organization. So Nepal Evangelistic Band became International Nepal Fellowship. Uh, So I was working for them, INF, for for five years. And I was also working at church. Um, uh, So I left INF work uh, and then started working more and more at church. So what we started doing was, because we have several church plants in the valley, uh, we started gathering together all the preachers and pastors of the church plants and our main church, all the preaching team, every Sunday morning. So our churches in Nepal are on Saturdays. It's just practical because Sunday is our working day. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Saturday is our holiday in Nepal. So Saturday is our church day. Sunday morning, we'd get together and go through the passage that we would preach coming coming saturday so i I was leading that Uh, so we'd go book book by book Um, so trying to um, divide up the passages and come up with the big idea of the passage and how to preach it Uh, so i was that was my main job Uh, and then i came to australia
0: why would you come to australia because sounds like very strategic ministry involved with preachers and involved in church planting in a country that mm. needs to hear the gospel mm. uh, with so few Christians there. Mm. Why did you come to Sydney, uh, leaving that behind?
1: Um, I've always wanted to go to Bible college. Um, from 2007 onwards, I was thinking about it and trying to plan it. Uh, but my parents also told me, uh, advised me, first have a little bit of experience of the life in Nepal, the church life in Nepal, mm. And then go to Bible college mm-hmm. with that experience. Mm-hmm. I think that was wise for me. So mm-hmm. to understand that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those. Uh, so I've always wanted to go to seminary, Bible college. Wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn the Bible more. Uh, possibly in the original languages and learn and to learn to do ministry and learn from history and I wanted to see what others are doing mm. um, and how to preach well to teach well uh, so I really wanted to do this so but didn't get a chance to do it <laughs>
0: Have you heard the name John Dixon? Author, lecturer, historian, rock and roll front man. I mean, is there anything he hasn't done and now he's doing podcasting? Undeceptions is John's attempt to let the truth out. I was listening to one last night actually. He was talking with John Lennox. He gets big names. He gets people who are so proficient in their areas of expertise when it comes to the Christian faith and how it informs our lives. And it was so interesting listening to how they were talking together and interacting. I was challenged and encouraged. Underceptions, part of the Eternity Podcast Network. Tune in and let the truth out.
1: In 2014, I think, yeah, SMBC team came over to Nepal. Uh, So I was leading that team at the time, hosting that in Nepal. And one of the lecturers asked me who was leading that team from SMBC. She said, "Uh, have you been to Bible college? I said, "Um, not really and how do you do it uh, I watch YouTube videos <laughs> <laughs> and and try to get books you know my friends would send me books sometimes and it's really hard to get books in Nepal uh, Christian books in Nepal so I would send me books and I uh, tried to do that oh really would you like to go to Bible college yeah I've been thinking about it uh, so she invited me for a preaching conference in SMBC in 2015 and I came here and I really liked SMBC at the time uh, so the free Few criteria that I' it's like for for Bible college for me first was college had to be Bible-based college and then SMBC had a bonus thing of the mission focus too I was like oh this is wonderful and if you're Bible focused you're going to be missional so mission focused uh, and then third SMBC was a preaching school so to SMBC had a preaching school I was like wow wonderful and when I was here for the preaching conference I started talking with people and and I did not realize they were lecturers of Bible this Bible College, because and I found out that the lecturer student relationship was the uh, the distance between them was very minimum, uh, they were just like any other Which students. Which
0: be unlike, yeah, uh, in um, in Nepal or Asian uh, culture, yeah, Asian yes. culture.
1: It would be so. I I thought that was very very good. Mm. Uh, so I asked one of the SMBC uh, person. Uh, it's like, can I come and. Uh, and they said,
0: yeah, they said, yeah, 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 why not, sure. <laughs> so,
1: so, so here yeah. you
0: are. And you flew in uh, with Manju, Man, yeah. your wife, uh, 2016, halfway mm. through 2016. 2016, Do you yeah. remember your first memories of flying into Sydney and came to Croydon
1: yeah yeah first thing getting out of the airport was like both my wife and I was like oh we don't want to be caught with anything illegal you know like <laughs> anything like plant-based meat-based That's dairy right. product it was like they so, were very it's strict-y. like so yeah very very strict it was like yes. uh, and my wife is very very you know she loves rules and to follow rules yes. really right to everything so she's like have you filled out all the forms correctly you know it's like <laughs> so I had coffee all oh, right you have coffee put it down <laughs> so she was very conscious about that so Got it done. That was your first <laughs> Yeah, you first memory. Through. Got through. Yeah, okay, you know, good, I declared our coffee. News. We have coffee. They were like, oh, it's okay. You know? uh, so, but
0: yeah. now, you've been here now three and a half, three and a half, four yeah, years three and now? A half. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, the, your time at Bible College is you'll be heading back to Nepal soon. Last year you faced a very painful family tragedy. Hmm. And without going into any details, um, obviously it, it was a very painful time mm. for you and your family mm. your family mm. here and also your family back home in Nepal. Were, were there times going through this when you questioned your faith in god or did your faith in god waver during that time
1: it, uh, yeah it was very very difficult um felt like the days the brightest sunny days were the dar- darkest days like it was as if every day was a rainy day for me and and when we, my wife and I, we, when we thought about what was happening in our life and questioning, you know, if God is here or if, if uh, why did God allow this or why, why is this happening, we questioned, like, whether uh, it is because of my sin or I should have done this or not, or, or we should have prayed this way or, or uh, is God teaching me something. So there was a lot of things, but we... No, even the times when we just could not read the Bible or just cry and mourn and, and stay like that, there was one thing that was constantly in our heads, both my wife and I, was we could not deny the fact that Jesus came to earth, was born, a historical Jesus. And both my wife and I v- are very scientifically minded. And uh, My wife, uh, s- uh, she, she studied zoology for a bachelor's degree. I studied uh, mechanical engineering and computer science. We grew up that, that way. So we can be very good atheists. We we are wonderful atheists. We can be that way. But we could, during that time, the hardest time in our lives, we could not deny the fact that Jesus actually w- came to earth uh, was born and raised here and he actually died and rose from the dead this historical fact we could not deny uh, this fact and it was very logical or uh, very technical in our head it was not there was no emotions or feelings that we get you know it was more like this is a fact and this is it. We believe in Jesus. Mm. And he said, this Jesus said he will come back again. Mm. He went to heaven and he said he will come back. Mm. So he will come back and we will trust him. Mm. That was it. That was, that was the only thing that we could hold on to mm. was that Jesus, mm. we could not deny that Jesus came to earth, mm. and that the fact that he came to earth. So that sustained us all the way through. Mm.
0: Yeah. So you are about to head back to mm. Nepal. What are you looking forward to when you go home?
1: Um, first thing is being with the family. Um, uh,
0: uh, yeah,
1: I love being with the family, uh, my own family and my church family. Uh, very much looking forward to new believers uh, who are there in the church. So last three and a half years, four years now, uh, we, we would have... Uh, Probably hundreds of new believers in church now in our in our own in our church, so I'm looking forward to meet them, uh, getting to know them, and then um, start preaching the Bible and teaching the Bible. That's and that's what I love doing uh, is uh, reading the Bible, uh, and 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 seeing the truths there, and and preaching it, uh, just seeing what's written there and proclaiming it, proclaiming who
0: God is, Uh, yeah, I love doing that. Neeraj, talking with you and listening to all that you're looking forward to about going home, you can't help but see the excitement and hear the Mm -hmm. excitement that you and Manju have. But given also that you're going back to a country, your own country, but a country where there is great opposition and there is great cost in being a Christian in terms of family and rejecting of traditions and so on, why are you so excited in the, in the light of the cost?
1: I think I'm excited because um, um, uh, I, I want to proclaim who God is. And I think uh, one of the greatest uh, disadvantages of, of around the world, even in Australia, Sydney, uh, around the world, is that we are blinded to the fact, this truth, uh, that God loves us. I think we continually are bombarded with the the lie, the, the, the lie that God does not exist, or the lie that even if he exists, he doesn't care, he's not interested, or... God actually does not love us and do not have people do not have this relationship with God and I think this is the message that God wants to say is that God actually really really loves us and not just loves us he wants to have fellowship with us fellowship meaning like he wants to talk to us and he wants us to feel his love and and he wants to protect us and guide us and include us in his family and have this relationship uh, it's it's the best news for us. That's what we are made for. Human beings are made for. I am made for that. I'm made for relationship. So this, when this relationship is broken, the main relationship between our creator and us is broken. I don't think so other relationships can be mended. That's why we have so much problems around the world right now in our families, with our society, is because our primary relationship with our Creator is broken. So this is what I'm excited to preach and to share and to proclaim and let people know that God loves us. And God loved us this way that He actually came down. We don't have to climb ladders or or do anything to find God. God has come down. And we trust him and hold him, hold on to him, and that's it. And we have this relationship for eternity on, and he's going to come back and make this world new, brand new, and and he will live here with us. Would we not want to live with the creator if he exists? Then we want to live with him for eternity on. And this is the message, and this is the hope that I look forward to. And with this hope, this new creation, God coming down, living with us for eternity, having a party, big banquet with new wine. Oh, that would be such a wonderful
0: scene. And I want to live for that. That's wonderful, Neeraj. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed being part of the conversation with Neeraj today and importantly, being encouraged to be salt and light to those around you. Coming up next episode, Simon Flinders, a man whose gospel opportunities will hit you for six. See you then. Salt is hosted by me, Jenny Salt, and produced by Mark Hadley. Editing by Hadley Inc. For more show notes and more episodes, head to smbc.edu.au forward slash salt. Salt is a Sydney Missionary and Bible College podcast and part of the Eternity Podcast Network, an audio collection showcasing the seriously good news of faith today. Thanks for making Salt possible. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... What does that mean? The Psalm 23 podcast with me, Ben McKechn, and theologian David Honey is a limited series podcast where we dive deep into the world's most famous psalm